As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, 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 now. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media. Then we decide if it should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black hole of obscurity. Uh, my name is Steve, and I am one of the hosts. And with me is a guy who jogged in slow motion to get here today. It's it's your health. That's right. I put on. A flowing shirt, a white shirt, a blouse, mm -hmm. and I walked through a cemetery as uh, superimposed skulls oh. passed over me. But uh, I'm very excited uh, to cover this, Steve, because I know that after tonight, nights will never be the same Oh, again. man, what a great tagline. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And let me just start out by saying, in order to truly, maybe not truly appreciate this episode, but what I think would help a lot is if you went back and watched a few episodes of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and maybe even watched <laughs> our episode on Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yes, because yes. Because this is the essence of what Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is, only on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, and here we are. <laughs> wow. So did you think you would ever be talking about Baywatch Nights in 2022? Uh, 2022, 23, <laughs> any year, Steve Pickett. And uh, yeah, no, I definitely was not expecting it. How about, how about you, Steve? Oh, man, I've never seen an episode, always heard of it. Um, in fact, I don't know why it st st sticks out in my mind, but uh, do you remember that movie, The Long Kiss Goodnight, with Gina Davis? Um, I remember it, but I I've never watched it. Well, there's a guy who even, he's a, the bad guy rags on Baywatch Nights and just sort of one throwaway line. I just remember. Oh, really? I just remember someone calls him up and he's like, uh, there's something bad on the screen you have to see here. And he's like. Of course, it's Baywatch Nights, isn't it? Or is something along those lines. And like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the only thing I know about Baywatch Nights till you suggested uh, that we watch it. Um, so yeah, this is my my first time. When did you see it for the first time? I mean, I, I think I, I I've never seen a whole episode of Baywatch Nights. Um, I think I remember like maybe catching a clip or two mm -hmm. at night or maybe like a little bit, but you know, when it was on TV, but I was 16 when the show was on the air, mm -hmm. uh, 15 and 16. So, right. uh, you know, um, and I just assumed that it was, I don't know. It just sounded kind of dumb, like Baywatch, but it's at night, you know? Well, um, yeah, well let's, uh, but it's nothing like, Baywatch. no, it's no, nothing like, it's nothing like Baywatch, the TV show outside of having some characters from Baywatch in it. Right. Right. And let's talk about Baywatch, the TV show. Um, were you a fan back in the day? I mean, I, you know, it was on syndication, so mm. it was on quite a bit. So, I mean, I watched some episodes, but I never once went out of my way to watch it. You know, you know how, you know how TV was back then, you know, whatever was on. Sure. You know, that's what, yeah. Yeah. Like you know, sometimes you'd watch it, you know, it's a lazy sort of Saturday afternoon kind of watch because I, because of course everyone talked about this show back in the nineties 
And I remember I would try to watch it, especially once I found out that, uh, you know, the guy from Knight Rider was on uh, Baywatch. And I would just watch it and be like, all right, I get it. Pretty girls, but it's kind of boring. Like, it just Mm -hmm. never really did it for me. Um, So, yeah, I just I would never say that I was a a fan. At the same time, I didn't really hate it or anything. Uh, But... As far as Baywatch Nights goes, well, stay tuned. Um, so let's go ahead and mm-hmm. dive into the IMDb here. Uh, Baywatch Nights lasted for two seasons. It ran from 1995 to 1997. And the series synopsis, for those who are unfamiliar with, I mean, why is there a Baywatch Nights? Well, here's the origin <laughs> right here. It's Baywatch veteran Mitch Buchanan moonlights as a P.I., with his two friends, Garner and Ryan. In season two, Diamant replaces Garner, and Mitch's cases suddenly take a hard turn towards supernatural horror. Yeah, it's so weird that they were just like, ratings are bad, how are we going to fix this? We're going to rip off the X-Files. Yep, we're going to do the X-Files, but bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is much like VR5. Um, they are trying to, and I guess even the Pretender in the NBC trilogy that we spoke of earlier, uh, they decide to jump on the Paranormal X-Files gravy train with season two. Have you ever even seen one of the season one episodes of Baywatch Nights? So, you know what's funny is I was looking through just now some of the uh, titles, Mm -hmm. and I did actually see uh, one of these, um, because there was one where uh, I I remember Mitch has to go undercover (laughs) as a drag performer. Oh, of course. And uh, In fact, I'll read you the... uh, How progressive. Mitch goes undercover... Mitch goes undercover as a female impersonator when the agency investigates a series of assaults on a drag show company. Um, so, yeah, and I remember he's, like, in drag in the episode from what I remember. So I remember, like, watching that, I think, or maybe, like, I don't know, maybe just a commercial stuck out to me. But the funny thing is, like, even though season two is when they go all crazy with the supernatural mm-hmm. stuff, like, there's this, the, the, the episodes in season one are batshit crazy, too. Like, let me read to you this one called bad blades francis francis sandrine a cosmetic mogul hires mitch garner and ryan to investigate her son todd's involvement with a band of roller skating burglars that have been robbing people's apartments and slipping away at night so it sounds like they know what they're doing i guess at least as far as i know amping up the camp uh or at least as far as yeah the... this is not this is not a show that's meant to be serious taken seriously right I but i mean baywatch itself i mean again of course you know you can sort of gawk at the you know slow motion running that happens like every single episode and stuff uh and you know maybe the performances aren't the best but it's pretty much a straightforward show is there's no sure. roller skating uh you know jewel thieves or vampires or anything like that uh so I don't know. I just think it's interesting that for this spinoff show, they're like, oh, we got to we got to amp up the crazy. What do you think, Hasselhoff? And he's just like, I'm for it. (laughs) 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 Whatever you say, just give me the money. (laughs) From what I read, because he is one of the um, Mm -hmm. producers on it. And I had to. I did a little bit of research, uh, and yeah, he um, it, he was kind of the one pushing to do like the supernatural stuff mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in season two to like save the show. 
So, yeah. And, you know, in a way it makes sense because, like, Knight Rider, while not really like a sci-fi show per se, sure. it kind of has a sci- some sci-fi elements. Absolutely. Right? So, you know, it's not like he's a stranger to uh, these kind of, you know, concepts. Well, as we've seen uh, from watching uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV movie, which is a few episodes back, I think it's safe to say that David Hasselhoff is probably a big fan of, like, pulp and genre entertainment camp. yeah and camp so yeah. so he was like uh, and you know yeah. like he he's got like those really goofy music videos he's done mm. oh right you well know? those came you mean like kung fury uh, yeah yeah that's a, that's a good point yeah of course those... no, i'm just i'm just saying like there's a lot of evidence to point to his sure. love of camp and pulp and right right you know he was he like was really big into that whole like don't hassle the hoff thing like he bought into it like mm-hmm. you know he, he doesn't take himself too seriously. No, no, it. but hey, I mean pulp and genre entertainment that's what we're all about here at Obscurity Now. Uh, so to further dive deeper into our episode that we're reviewing here, it is a uh, and, and, and Steve, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry uh, to cut you off, but did you happen to uh, read why it was called Baywatch Nights? I mean, I just thought it happened at night because uh, it was like their night job, basically. So that's what I thought, too. But apparently in season one, they rent out a club or I'm sorry, like an office inside of a nightclub <laughs> that's called Something Nights. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're called they named like their private investigator group Baywatch Nights. Ah, well, thank you for clearing that up. I, I, just, I, just, I just think it's important for us to know the lore, <laughs> Steve, of the Baywatch uh, cinematic universe. Yeah. Universe. I mean, I think they already made like a Baywatch movie or remake. I mean, they might as well just bring Baywatch Nights back, but maybe I'm already saying too much. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, season two, episode two is called The Creature. It premiered October 6th, 1996. Obviously, we didn't watch it back then, and probably no, very few other people did as well. Uh, so the synopsis for this particular uh, episode is, Mitch, Griff, and Ryan investigate a series of vicious murders which were committed by a half-human, half-fish woman known as Silver Eyes, who is looking to procreate with a man. Is, is that what she wanted to do this whole time? <laughs> yeah, so this is it's basically ripping off species. Oh, oh yeah. I, I kept calling like the movie species. in my notes, I kept referring to her as not species. <laughs> like Yeah, like like the woman that they got to play Silver Eyes looks a lot like uh the actress from yeah, Species Natasha uh, Hintridge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. And I remember um, there's a there's a Sliders episode of uh, that also rips off species. You remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, the nineties. Um so uh, our director here, or shall I call him a auteur? Uh, obviously a student of Kubrick. And uh, anyway, it's uh, David W. Hagar. Hagar the Horrible, they call him. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> apparently he worked up until 2011 somehow. He directed regular Baywatch, some other um, water-themed show called Deep Diver, and something else uh-huh. called Wildfire. And he was the guy who created the music montages for Baywatch that was originally intended to sell the series to NBC, I guess, before they decided to syndicate everything. We do have somebody in the chat here, Calvin. Uh, Reese wanted to say hey, Calvin. What's up, Calvin? Um, yeah, and uh, I did notice, I know uh, usually I only cover the... Um, well, actually, are you going to cover the producers, too? Because I don't want to step on your toes. Oh, uh, no. I guess sort of skipped over them. So, sure, so, d- jump yeah, on I, in. 
so I, I usually just cover the cast, but uh, I noticed that one of the producers during the ending credits, despite like we watched this on Daily Motion and uh, some they reversed like the image, mm-hmm. so all the writing is backwards. But uh, I noticed Maurice Hurley was listed on there, and I'm like, that can't be the Maurice Hurley I'm thinking of. And sure enough, it's Maurice Hurley, the guy who was a, the executive producer on Star Trek The Next Generation for a few seasons and one of the head writers over there. And I was just like, wow. I've seen interviews with this guy and he hates when shows like don't make sense. <laughs> and that and, and when they're too, he called Gene Roddenberry's ideas for Star Trek wacky doodle. Oh, so like, wow. Even though he was like producing Star Trek for years, he thought like it was nuts. So I'm shocked that he's like got dragged into this schlock you know but. and maybe he just didn't have a lot on the table at the time uh yeah i guess not do you, but, uh, is it worth playing the bumper for that guy no, no because not yet because oh, on the cast ooh, okay uh i guess i'll go over this guy now we have vaughn armstrong as he played fred briggs in this episode <laughs> i don't even remember what that character was mm-hmm. uh but vaughn armstrong is a veteran of star trek he was in uh DS9. He was on a few episodes of Voyager and probably most well known as Admiral Forrest in uh, Star Trek Enterprise. And now we've reached the end of this week's crew compliment right. of Star Trek. Here we, here we go. Ah, oh no. We've just entered another Star Trek connection. Ah. Wow. Who'd have thought that there'd be Star Trek people on this show? But I mean, well, you know, unfortunately, there were only two people involved with the show that were good enough caliber to be on Star Trek. <laughs> uh, but let's go over the the other jabronis on this cast. Wait, uh, let me get uh, the let me get the writers in there real quick. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm sure they're, they're dying to have their work recognized. Oh, they must be recognized. <laughs> uh, first off is Michael Burke, who is the writer and creator of Thunder in Paradise. So do we need to have a. Thunder in Paradise bumper going on here. Well, <laughs> you, well, you know, like the production company, the people that made, uh, I think we've discussed it, that made Baywatch and created it, they created Thunder in Paradise. Oh, sure. So I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same people. Yeah. Pretty obvious. But this very is... incestuous relationships <laughs> going on. And the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So Thunder in Paradise, is it canon that it's part of the Baywatch cinematic universe? I think it should be if it's not. Um, it's, like, it's like Earth uh, 616 or yeah. something. Or Give me Michael Burke on the horn we'll discuss this uh next up and this is uh pretty hilarious he's also the creator and writer of manimal you ever hear a manimal i have not i don't think i have it's like a do- oh wait yes i did hear about it because i watched a toy galaxy video on it mm-hmm. yeah that show's nuts yeah so i mean i think it definitely makes sense why this show is also nuts yeah we should cover manimal that's the that's the show where the guy can turn into like different animal mm-hmm. forms right mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And he also uh, wrote uh, Assault on Devil's Island, which is a Hulk Hogan movie we should definitely uh, watch yep. someday. I've, I've watched it. <laughs> I mean... I remember that was when he, when he was in WCW. I remember that was a TNT movie. Oh, yeah. They promoted uh, that quite a bit. And it came on after Nitro, I think, if I remember yeah, He had a great wig for that movie, too. <laughs> Him and his like, wigs. Long, it's like, hair. we've already seen the bald spot, Terry. Just let it happen. <laughs> Anyway, um, of course, we have David Hasselhoff here, who, uh, I mean, I guess his writing credits, uh, according to IMDb, only include Baywatch Nights and this other show, which might be uh, worth us taking a look, called Hoff the Record, 
which is one of those meta Ooh. shows where he like plays himself. He moves to England to get a fresh start or something. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. We might have to take it. And then I wanted to just because I thought it was so. It, it really stuck out to me. I want to talk about the guy who's responsible for the theme to Baywatch Nights. <laughs> oh my God, this theme. Uh, and that is Mark. The whole intro is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Mark Holden. Mark Holden. So take it away with that cast, you hell. All right, so uh, the rest of the non-Star Trek cast, we've got, of course, David Hasselhoff, who is like a producer, a uh, writer. He probably directed episodes on this. So it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. We have Angie uh harman uh i don't know how she got ro- well actually this is her first like kind of major yeah role on tv but um angie harman i uh, probably know her from uh law and order i think is where most people know her from right uh i know that she was on that rizzoli and isles show that was pretty popular for a while mm-hmm. too um other cast members we've got eddie K- K- kebrain kebrain sabrian <laughs> anyways he's griff walker um he, I believe, later on gets moved to Baywatch after the sh- this show gets canceled. We have uh, Donna D'Erico, uh, uh, who plays Donna Marco. <laughs> it's so weird when they do that. I know, I know. Uh, but uh, Donna D'Erico, she's a Baywatch character. Uh, excuse me, an ori- she's a Baywatch Nights original character. Mm-hmm. Um, a, uh, but later on, she gets moved to regular Baywatch uh, once the show gets canceled. And uh, that's really the main... Well, we did have Dorian Gregory, who plays Diamond T. He's kind of a big character in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are kind of like the ones that were of note to me. Oh, well, um, you got to mention who played Silver Eyes. I mean, not that anyone oh, has yes, ever yes, heard I'm sorry. from uh, Shelly Leather, mm-hmm. uh, who doesn't have a picture on IMDb, despite having quite a few credits to her name. Yeah. Um, hmm. She was, I think, uh, what she originally got, like... Uh, famous for was a movie with um richard grieco mm-hmm. born to run um oh, i've always wanted and, to see uh, that yeah, yeah they're, they're, there's like if you look up for if you like look up pictures of her like it's almost all pictures of her going to events with richard grieco <laughs> uh, <laughs> i wish that was my and he, imdb <laughs> and he looks like a fucking mess in every picture like he's just wearing like like in one in one of the pictures steve he's wearing like a suit but it's like a suit made of silk or oh, something man and and under it, he's just got like a wife beater, <laughs> and he's got it like all buttoned. And his hair is—I don't even know how to describe it. It's like if Sideshow Bob had straight hair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, we should definitely look into some more uh, Richard Grieco content in the future. Yeah. Well, hey, I do want to cover that show marker he had on UPN. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I'll admit it. Um... <laughs> All right, so you're ready to... Very brave, yeah. very brave of you. I know, right? I mean, I don't like to use the word uh, hero all that often these days, but... Um, but if it fits, right? Yeah, why not? Uh, so, you ready to jump through the episode here? I mean, because there's so many twists and turns of this plot. I mean, if we don't get started now, we could be talking about it for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think the last 20 minutes will only take like a minute to, to break down. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was big, very sarcastic. Okay. Here, <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. All right. So we've got uh, opening title pops up. And then the, the opening title is a man in silhouette walking in shadow as the Baywatch Night logo appears like a spooky ghost from a fifth grader's Halloween party. It's like, <laughs> woo, Baywatch Nights, woo. And uh, so then we cut to um, 
or cold open and it's this weird fortress looking thing with waterfalls mm-hmm. and i even wrote here i was like i bet that's a computer lab <laughs> like if there's one thing i learned <laughs> from watching the lawnmower man like all fortressy like poorly lit buildings from the 90s are like computer labs or science labs right. of some kind so two uh, hilarious, wacky security guards lazily sit around watching massive CRT monitors. <clears throat> and uh, one security guard, uh, he's looking real close and he sees on the monitor a sexy leg and decides he wants to take a peek. And his, uh, the other guard, uh, he says, no, no, don't go in there. Um, but he goes. In- yeah, some, some, something like they're going to get in trouble if they go in there. Right. So like these security guards like are in that there's like this is like part of some experiment. Mm-hmm. This woman. Oh, and by the way, we've got Kenny, Kenny uh, P. Collin in the chat. I said, well, lads. Well, Kenny, uh, you've <laughs> stick around because Baywatch Nights is fucking insane. It's going <laughs> to heat up. <laughs> Nights. Let me tell you something, Kenny. Yeah, I was just going to say Nights will never be the same. There you go. All right. As long- <laughs> we'll get to why we keep saying that in a few minutes. As long as somebody said it. Okay. Uh, so he goes into the lab. There's weird uh, cat sounds from a obvious like female figure in silhouette. Man, there's a lot of silhouettes in this show. Yeah. Uh, the other guard um, starts freaking out because he sees that the guy actually entered, entered the lab. Um, and he's like, hey, I thought you were only going to go take a peep. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I bet this guard is going to go in there because he wants to rape something. Yeah. And like, sure enough, he says that uh, he's got a little sweet business to uh, and starts loosening his belt because... Because, yeah. of course, like, you know, who doesn't want to have sex with some weird science experiment? Right. Um, so On it, the clock uh, yeah. while you're under surveillance. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was the 90s. I mean, you could trust those security guards. It was everything else you couldn't trust. Apparently. Um, yeah. So uh, he opens the door with his uh, key card. And uh, suddenly he's strangled from off frame by what is referred to as the creation and the other guard then goes to investigate, and I love it. He was just like, hey, you okay? And then, bam, he starts getting attacked, too, again, from off-frame. Like, you don't get to see anything. And then... Uh, oh, no, we, we do see her. We do see her face uh, when she goes to attack uh, the second security guard. Did they show her face? Eh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, briefly. Uh, I mean, I meant as far uh, as yeah, the... Yeah, it's very brief, and then, and then like, they do like, a thing where she kind of, like, lunges forward towards the camera like it, it lasts like maybe half a second right, i mean as far as the actual attack we didn't get to see any of that oh yeah yeah the attack yeah, yeah there's only really like one attack from her she attacks <laughs> a lot of people but you we really somehow only see one of them it's very well that would take weird. uh planning and you know choreography and they just don't have time for that on baywatch and, nights and the, and the weirdest thing to me about this so they call her she's supposed to be like half fish half human or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. but when we see her body, her silhouette and her body, like she's just got like a regular human body. Right. And, and, uh, and why is she making cat noises? Thank you. <laughs> Literally what I was just about to say, like when she attacked, it's like, rawr, rawr. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, the guys at the F, uh, the SFX, like uh, post-production, they just didn't have any, I don't know, scary, like fish monster noises. So like, yeah, well, just throw a leopard in there or something. Well, I mean, I mean, like, I, I guess like what scary fish sound is there? Like, 
Have you have a lot? Have you heard a lot from a lot of aggressive groupers or something, Steve? <laughs> uh, just dolphins, I guess. You know, you mix a little dolphin. You could, they could have mixed in some dolphin into the cat noise, and you know, make something a little new. But again, well, they just don't have time for that because yeah. they have to film and, people wandering around and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and they the only other thing that they since while we're talking about the creature and the creature's appearance, we might as well ju- just cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, is the only other thing they did to change her appearance is they give her contacts sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes. And they're like kind of like cat eyes. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. You know, they don't really look fishy or anything like that. Uh, anyways, Kenny Colin here had a comment. When your show isn't working, just change the genre without blinking. Yeah. Genius. I'm with hey. you. <laughs> It is a it is a bold strategy, you know, and uh, <laughs> I, I I I applaud them. Yeah, for <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think it's more in the uh, hey, what can we rip off that's really popular? Because uh, if it hadn't been the X Files at the time, it could have been something else. But uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I th- and I think we go to credits after the uh, the attack here, right? Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, the woman attacks him. Cut to uh, Mitch exits his uh, not yet well, right. lifeguard duties right. for the day. Thank God there was a giant sign that said lifeguard <laughs> to remind us yeah. what Mitch's day job was. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like taking home like the the lifeboat, the the little like red like, yeah, yeah. saving thing <laughs> like why is he taking that home <laughs> is he gonna work do some work on it at home you never someone might fall into his pool or something and he has to save I them so. yeah so a man in a nice car pulls up uh that man ends up being a teague like they don't say his name right off the bat and for someone like me this is my very first episode so i don't know a lot of people's names uh he says get in we need you and now we're back at the lab. There's uh, dead bodies of the one rapey guard is on the ground. And they say that the other guard uh, is in critical, critical condition at the um, hospital. Uh, you think there's police people there investigating, but it's actually just other security guards, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's and, not really explained. Right. Well, it's explained because the guy who picked up Teague, uh, who picked up Mitch, says they can't go to the police till they find out what they're up against, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I mean, they explain why they don't involve the police. Well, but... yeah, sure, sure. But why are there a bunch of security guards there who don't have any background in CSI or in any of investigative right. tactics? I... Yeah. And, and, and you know, K- Kenny in the chat brings up something that I was also going to touch on. He said, Mitch works at 36 hour uh, every day and night. And I was just thinking the same thing. Like, he literally gets off work, immediately starts his uh, private investigator job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when the episode ends, it's the morning of the next day. Yep. <laughs> he has yep. not got to sleep. Dave, you know, just David Hasselhoff or Mitch, he just does so much cocaine. It doesn't matter. He doesn't need to sleep anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Anyway, sorry, Steve, continue. Oh, no, no. This is, Hey, this is why we're here, for the banter. Uh, so the guy yeah. who picked up Mitch says they can't go to police until uh, they find out what they're up against. They keep talking about Dr. Lloyd, who ran the lab, which is a weird because it's, it's weird because it's a character we never get to meet or see pictures right. of or anything. It's just... Uh, Someone they talk yeah. about. Um, a lot. Yeah. Then um, uh, Lady, who is uh, Angie Harmon. I forgot. What's her character name again? Um, she is Ryan. Yes, that's Ryan it. McBride. Ryan finds some slime and asks if Dr. Lloyd was messing around with DNA. And yeah, uh, she, she jumps to some a staggering jumps of conclusion. Yeah. Uh, 
I actually kept referring to her as uh, not Scully. Um, she says the creation, or whatever it is, is mutating. Um, She's done zero, zero <laughs> analysis on this, by the way. Uh, she just picked up what looked like, uh, have you ever had capaccio? Like that really thinly sliced raw meat? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it looked like, 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 like a really small piece of that. She just puts in a Ziploc bag, and she, from all this, determines that it's mutating. Right, right. Yeah, she is. Um, I mean, she's just so smart that she's like the, she's like Scully mixed with Sherlock Holmes. That's all you need. That's all you need, yeah. right? But she also, in the same scene, said that it would take her some time. Mm-hmm. to analyze it and like determine what it well is, if you guys are whatever. enjoy uh ryan or dr ryan or whatever like i hope you like looking at her in a lab because she pretty much never leaves it for the whole episode yep uh so roll opening credits and oh man that theme song is so <sighs> badass <laughs> this is like and, and honestly this is like one i actually rewound it and watched the opening credits three it's times so good oh my god it's, it's so good fucking incredible and uh, i believe i read i may be wrong here but i believe i read that in the first season it's a different theme song that has lyrics Mm -hmm. uh but it's kind of but they but they're kind of similar they just made it like a spookier version for season two or whatever right but you know the the song is how would you describe it like 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 horror saxophone (laughs) yeah creepy like uh yes it's uh almost it almost veers into sort of like 80s synth wave territory but it's yeah. the 90s so they're still trying to be hip and cool it's kind of like a r&b almost synth wave kind of mix yeah. um and and they're still trying to keep it baywatchy right right so you got like that saxophone <laughs> in there. i don't know i i i don't i actually i sent this episode to somebody that i knew enjoys like this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh the, it, you know I, I was just like i don't know how to describe the opening credits uh music like it's it's all these like different things and somehow they made it work yeah and the, uh, the best part is that yeah they have the you have that music and then you have uh, just David Hasselhoff constantly walking towards the camera in silhouette uh, as like in slow motion in a graveyard, I think. Even yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to yeah. They're <laughs> definitely uh... so they never show any um he- any of the c- cemetery, the headstones or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely cemetery gates that he keeps walking past. Right. It's like it's all like steamy and foggy. <laughs> so it's like why was he even in that graveyard to begin with? <laughs> and then like it'll be like half of the screen will be like David Hasselhoff walking real slowly. Left side of the screen, a rotating skull. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it is like a stuffed wolf. This is the most. Yeah. This is when I was like, oh, my God, this is the most dark place show that only it's the real deal. Like it just, yeah. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, this is going to be great. I can't wait. Um, so Steve, I think the best part though is how the opening credits finishes. And, and, and it's not just creepy stuff. They show like scenes from like other episodes and the other actors. Yeah. 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 While Hasselhoff is walking, but the ending, Steve, can you tell me about how this opening credits end? It ends with nights will never be the same. Yeah, David Hasselhoff, he, he kind of whispers it, right? Yeah. He's like says it very low. Like you just hear him go, nights will never be the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. My it's so good. My God. The fact that I, they had to have their little catchphrase in like the opening is just oh yeah. yeah, and yeah. And Kenny actually, uh this is not it has a in the chat a pretty good description of the music, actually. A Baywatch nod to Miami Vice with music, but with Kenny G. Damn, that's good. And that's that, really that's actually pretty good. That is on the that nail hit on the head right there. Good job. Yeah. 
Uh, Maybe you should do the podcast, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just quit now while we're behind. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. So where are we? Okay, now we're in the show. A truck careens, a tow truck careens down a dark street. The trucker sees someone or something cross his path. And of course, in classic, like, shitty horror movie tropes, he uh -huh. pulls over and checks. The trucker sees that it's, I, again, at this point, I, I kept referring to her as the creation, because that's what they've called her. Yeah, and of course, yeah. it's an attractive uh, naked woman, because species. Um, right. He <laughs> Soul Exchange is, all right, he gives her a jacket. Then she slashes his face. The guy didn't do anything <laughs> to her. Um, unlike, you know, the rapey guard, he says, "Yeah, it, this, is, this is the one like uh, kind of ancillary uh, character that's not a rapist right. in, in the whole episode. There's and that includes Mitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Mitch can rape me. That's fine. Yeah, it's OK. Um, so he says, what was that for? Fine, stay out here and freeze your ass off, but give me the jacket back. <laughs> then he tries to grab it, and of course they cut away, and we're treated to a wide shot of the truck with his screams in the background. Like, mm -hmm. the fact that he had to ask for the jacket back after he got, he got slashed by a woman in the face is just freaking hilarious. Like, I just, I couldn't believe my eyes and my ears. I was like, who yeah. wrote this thing? Like, it was just. I uh, just, I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. No. But it's also good. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> this is, this whole show is the essence of so bad it's good. So bad it's good. Oh, I, 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 I can't believe it hasn't been talked about more. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Stop it. Okay. So it's all right. It's all right. Whoa. Yeah. All right, all right, so let's continue, let's continue. Yeah. Let's get this fucking debacle. <laughs> so we're back at the lab. Um, Teague, a.k.a. Smooth Guy, shows Mitch some videos of the experiment. Ryan says, it's amphibian and, try, um, and trying to return to the sea. Um, and someone calls in and reports about the dead trucker. And Mitch wants to call the cops. But again, Teague says he's still not calling the cops. So uh, Mitch heads down to check out the trucker and tells Ryan to stay with uh, Teague and find out um, more stuff about the creation, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're going to keep like doing shit in the lab. Right, um, right. Um, it's like you. A.K.A. Ryan's going to keep jumping to, <laughs> to conclusion conclusions. after conclusion with zero to no evidence. Yeah, no uh, scientific method needed. She's just that good. But, but she's right. Pretty much every time, except for one thing, which we'll get to later, that she like has a line that she says, and you think, but then they, nothing comes of it. But. Right, right. Um, but but yeah, I, I thought at this point, uh, Steve, when they uh, when Mitch went to go check on the trucker, the police had gotten involved because they were there. Like the there was a detective there. Right. There. I mean, they had gotten involved with that, I guess. But uh, I guess he didn't want them to come to the lab and get into all the business or something. That's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, because but then they were they were also like uh, <clears throat> the security people were checking the uh, the police radio or whatever, right. and the police you know were investigating the trucker's murder. So mm -hmm. that's how they came. exactly. So cut to the world's uh, smokiest gym. <laughs> Uh, Griff and Donna, um, two lifeguards, flirt with one another while 90s R&B music plays in the background. 
they challenge each other to a treadmill off and uh until griff gets a call um and you can assume that it's from mitch and like basically there was you're gonna see at this point i started to notice that there's a lot of filler <laughs> that gets, yep. and this is definitely one of those scenes because there's what's up how did so the, the, in this scene so donna's donna's character donna diarico mm-hmm. and um uh, griff are flirting mm-hmm. but they get into a competition mm-hmm. a stairmaster competition <laughs> like so like she says like they get in he's like oh you can't beat me at stairmaster right. because uh, you're a woman <laughs> uh and she's like yeah i can be in the whole time that they're talking about to each other do you keep pushing buttons on their, their stairmasters? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. that. Many fucking settings. Right. They're just like beep beep beep. Like like they're literally like on a Star Trek console, like pretending like they're flying the Enterprise. <laughs> like just beep 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 beep. And so yeah, so they make a bet where um, Donna says, uh, or, or I'm sorry, Griff tells Donna, if I win, <laughs> we're not told what the rules are of a stairmaster like race or competition. Right. If I win, uh, I get to use your car for a date I have Friday. Uh, because your car will help me seal the deal or seal my my final plan or something. I don't know. Say right. something real. Something no, he needed. Yeah, he needed that uh, car to go on another date or something. When it's pretty obvious that uh, you know Donna is into him and he's into, and her. He's into her. Yeah, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. I mean, I'm sure they were doing like a slow burn romance where later on sure, they would uh, sure, sure. Get, get get it on, but. Mm. Uh, Anyways, and then when we cut back, like after a little later, you know, they do like a thing like some time has passed Mm -hmm. and he's like drenched in sweat, uh, barely able to like keep going on the Stairmaster and she's fine, like not a drop of sweat. So she's like beating him. Right. But um, one thing that uh, it it was just like and that's when the phone call comes in. But yeah, this was total filler. Um, so such a weird scene. Mm-hmm. I did want to point out Kenny had another comment here that he said, uh, I think Guillermo del Toro may have been inspired by this episode for the shape of water. Oh, I got those vibes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just, uh, I will say we got to give credit to old Michael Burke and David Hasselhoff for still tying this to the water because, you know, she's amphibian yeah. and, uh, well, that's basically it. Um, <laughs> So, uh, is there anything else left to say about the classic treadmill scene? Uh, I, I <laughs> Stairmaster. Stair, right, This right. is a competi- competitive stairmastering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to know what the competition was. Was it who could burn the most calories in a certain <laughs> amount of time? That can't be it because that's based on weight. So, maybe it was like who could go the most steps. Without, yeah, or without uh, passing out, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. It'd be great. They cut to it and like Griff is like falling and just passed out like knocked himself unconscious and she's like yeah legitimately has a heart attack and that's how the character's written off there you go so cut to a raging 90s party uh we've got some more weird sort of like rmb like electro funk music going on in in this bar slash club that looks like the roundhouse set uh oh my god after hours nickelodeon snick roundhouse wow yeah. yeah, it does kind of look like that. But, you know, we've talked about how every everyone in the 90s, like all the sets had to be like a warehouse with a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, weird stuff like in it. Yeah, and I think this place even has like graffiti on the walls for some reason, just because it's 
cool and street or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, Mitch enters and investigates the um, tow truck from earlier. Um, there's a cop guy on the scene. Uh, I, I shouldn't say he, he doesn't enter the party. I mean, this is outside. He investigates the tow truck from earlier. There's a cop um, cop guy on the scene. Um, he's sort of significant. I didn't get his name at this point. Uh, sexy reptile girl is in the bar, uh, silver eyes, wearing silver eyes. wearing the tow truck driver's shirt. <laughs> the, I mean, wow. Like, the way she was rocking that shirt, I just... So uh, how, how did she get into this club? Did they not ask for ID? Uh, I guess there was no cover. Uh. <laughs> they were just like, ah, you're, you're attractive. Get in. Um, so uh, Mitch gives Griff a gun because they know that not species is lurking around. Yeah. And- well, we should, we should point out, too, that at this point, Mitch and uh, Griff, really nobody knows that it's a female mm-hmm. uh, or a woman, whatever. Like, nobody knows what the creature looks like or is or whatever. Even though there was security footage, they should know. Uh, but why <laughs> look at the security footage of, of the crime you're investigating? I know, right? So, anyway, uh, but when Mitch was talking to the cop, the cop was like, "Oh man, whoever did this must be huge. Must be like, so it must be like a huge guy mm-hmm. because of all the damage that was done. Do we get to see this damage, Steve? No, we don't. Of course uh, because not. Because this is a show meant to foster children's imaginations." <laughs> So you've got to use your imagination. Well, you know, it's the the Hitchcock style. You know, he never yeah. really used a lot of blood. He he knew that the human mind is the, you know, would imagine something way worse than what they could actually make out of, you know, corn but, syrup and red food dye. Uh, but uh, well, I, I, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like Mitch and everybody think that this creature is probably like super big and mm-hmm. she's certainly super strong, but mm-hmm. there, that's why I think part of the reason why there, he's like Mitch gives giving a gun to Griff. Then Mitch pulls out another gun for himself. So Mitch, in his lifeguard duties has two guns for right, some reason. Sure. That, that's how he's living. Uh, <laughs> but even better than that, he tells Griff, hey, don't use this unless I tell you to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Griff is like, well, what if uh, you're not around uh, or you don't tell me in time that I need to use it? Like if my life was in danger and he's like, and Mitch just stares at him. And then Griff says, OK, I won't use it. I guess I'll just die. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the dialogue, the interaction between the characters, it's all perfectly horrible. Um, Maybe this is some kind of meta commentary where David Hasselhoff is really the god of this universe and gets to decide which characters live and die, Steve. I would, I could say this is all, you know, an extension of uh, his ego, just like one Garth Marenghi. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote down that this is, yeah, the most 90s party ever. Uh, now we're back in the lab uh, where uh, Teague says he's just a guy doing a job. He tells Ryan that he's just a, a guy. He's not, you know, shady or anything and the like. Uh, Ryan says that she found something using the power of staring at, uh, now we're back in the club and then <laughs> Mitch just sort of goes out on the dance floor and just sort of awkwardly stares at like mm-hmm. everyone, uh, dancing and, you know, doing their thing. <laughs> if it was anyone else other than David Hasselhoff, they would have been arrested immediately. Right. Right. Uh, and the weird thing is like during this, uh, whole club scene, we do get like occasional, uh, occasionally they'll show the. The, the silver eyes lady mm-hmm. in the club mm-hmm. looking around kind of 
confused. Right, right. Guess is what she's looks like. And but yeah, they I, do keep showing. I her. think the idea is that he sees her and thinks something is up, but isn't quite sure because at this point, he still doesn't know that uh, that it's a woman. Um, but and, and I think this is one again. I guess filler scene part two. Because they're stand, he's standing there staring for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh. yeah. This goes on. This is if I have a, one criticism I would have of the show is that this happens a lot, where there's just like scenes that go on a little too long. Oh, but oh, um, yeah. And you know, I mean, he did say before he started like staring at everybody, like he told Griff, because uh, you know they don't know what to look for. He's like, "Well, just look for something that's uh, someone that's out of place." Right. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's why he starts staring at her because she's wearing like you know this like oversized man's like tow truck like kind of work shirt thing. Well, I just assumed it went with their trucker hat, you know, which oh. <laughs> that actually wasn't a thing until the two thousand. I'm sorry, uh, trying to make a fashion joke here. I failed. Well, Kenny, well, Kenny here has a has a possible theory for uh, mission t- uh, for season two. Uh, uh-huh. he's, he said in the comments, "What if season two is Mitch suffering from a form of nitrogen dioxide poisoning from deep sea diving in season one, Ooh, and I guess just Baywatch that's uh, good. in general?" Yeah, he wakes up um, in like a, a coma factory right next to Dean Kane who was imagining, uh, you know, the whole talking hamster movie. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, a douchebag tries to talk to Silver Eyes. And um, uh, so Mitch gets uh, distracted by something. So douchebag and Silver Eyes, they go back to like <laughs> just the creepiest, rapiest back room you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Um, Ryan calls and says that the creation looks female. And I love it. And this is so nice. And Mitch says, a woman. No woman has that strength. It's like, right. And this is like the, there's like three or four times where they make comments like that about women or whatever, which it's weird when you have your, I, I get having the bad guys do that or a guy mm-hmm. that maybe supposed to be kind of unlikable. But why would you have your hero? Well, you know, <laughs> the his ex-wife snuffed out all his money. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then and then Ryan kind of agrees with him because she's like, I didn't say she was a woman. I said a female. Uh, yeah. So they tried to rock it back a little bit. He, he she was like, oh, it looks female is what she said. Uh, so don't worry, everybody. David Hasselhoff is not a chauvinist. That's what they're saying here in this scene. Um, so yeah, douchebag or douchebag ushers not species out of the bar. Mitch and Griff follow. Grift. Griff follow. Uh, douchebag and Silver Eyes enter the dark room. Mitch asks um, douchebag's friend <laughs> where she went. Friend says, "Why should I tell you?" And Mitch says, "Because he just got back from the clinic and wants to tell douchebag that she's still infectious." Right. <laughs> what do you- what do you make of all this? Uh, just there's so much to unpack here. Mm. It is late at night. What clinic was he at that was open uh, at 11 o'clock at night? I don't know, but he just got back from there. Right. Um, I, I, I don't just just weird uh, choices. Weird choices yeah, by the yeah. writers. So yeah. I, I, but, but I do think that this scene is supposed to be played up for like kind of laughs oh yeah you know? it's like a yeah sort of action movie movie kind of thing yeah. uh, absolutely and we're all supposed to and go I, hey. ha, ha, venereal disease that's hilarious oh <laughs> man at least his friend was like oh let me go uh help my friend uh his reaction to that was so good at first he was like yeah. 
okay, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go find him. Yeah, yeah. That guy. <laughs> that guy did a good job. He earned his like day pay that day. Um, yeah. So Mitch and Griff close in. I swear I must have written that like six times. Um, Douchebag tries to kiss Silver Eyes. She rips his shirt. And he says with no emotion, Mike, the the douchebag guy is is not a good actor. He goes, damn you. He goes, damn you. I've played red light, green light with some chicks in my day. But girl, you waited too long to say green light. Have you ever delivered? Uh, to say red light. To say red light, sir. Uh, oh, I thought he's just because gr- he's waiting for her to say green light so he can, you know. No, no, no. He, no, he said because uh, red light would mean to would be her telling him not to stop. All right, all right, all right. So I, yeah, I wrote it down. Any, wrong. Anyways, this red light, green light thing is so fucking dumb. <laughs> oh, you've never said that to a woman before, you hell? <laughs> Uh, no, because I've never just been in a situation <laughs> where I rape someone. Cause no, it's no, it's not rape. Do. You just take them to a rapey room and then deliver the line. Oh, okay. And, and, and then you just, uh, as long as the, you know, you describe it in traffic terms, uh, you're legally fine. <laughs> I mean, wasn't there a Morally back... and legally fine. Wasn't there a back room like that at Peabody's? I mean, I could have sworn you told me what's... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. All right. Anyway, get me canceled, Steve. (laughs) No, if anyone's going to get canceled, it's me. Anyway, so she kills douchebag who definitely deserved to be killed. And somehow and somehow. Oh, and then. All right. So to escape, because she hears Mitch and some other people at the door in order to escape, she sees on. Um. On the wall, it's clearly marked. It says fuse box. So this fish woman, who's never been in, you know, outside of the lab, we can assume, or at least outside of the sea to wander around, who probably doesn't even have the ability to read, yet somehow knew and was able to read fuse box and able to disable it. Yeah, and she's been like learning how to speak slowly throughout mm-hmm. the thing, like learning from from hearing other people speak. Right. So, I which okay, fine. Like she's some kind of mutant creature. I'm I'm willing to go with it. It's hey, watch nights, baby. Nights <laughs> will never be the same. You know, I get it. But the fuse box thing like kind of threw me off too. Like that she knew to like attack the fuse box to, uh, you know, make the lights go out. In the sure, corner. sure. Uh, so Mitch is still like wandering around in the dark. Um, and this is one of those filler scenes that goes on forever. And I was like, I was like, come on, Mitch, hurry up, get where you need to go. And <laughs> yeah. it just reminded me of, um, again, of, uh, Douglas, like running around the hospital in slow motion. Um, at, yeah, 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 yeah. So he finally sees her. She says she's afraid <laughs> and much like. You know, Shrek meeting like a seven-year-old at Universal Studios. He gets down on one knee <laughs> to like show that he's not a threat. Uh, and it says he wants to help her. Then the, I love uh, watching David Hasselhoff trying to be like empathetic. It's pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. Then, um, of course, right when he, she's about to start. And she seems to kind of be in the creature lady uh Seems to kind of—I don't even know why we call her the creature because she looks. She just looks like a normal human. There's no makeup on silver her. Silver eyes, like, yeah, silver eyes. Yeah, silver eyes. Yeah. So, anyway, her eyes aren't also not silver. Right, right. Uh, she just looks like a regular, like yellow, regular beach or a regular Baywatch girl is what she looks like. Yeah, basically. When uh, the few times that they have her in her like cat contacts, mm-hmm. they're yellow. They're not even silver. Right. Yeah. So why is she called silver? <laughs> Anyways, but 
it seems like she is kind of like um, believing, uh, you know, David Hasselhoff's character that he does want to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, then what happens next? The police burst through the door. Yeah. That cop from earlier is like, Mitch, uh, get away from her. Right. And, you know, the cops are going to, I guess, shoot her. Mm-hmm. And, but, and Mitch just turns around very slowly with his hands out like Christ on the cross <laughs> uh, <laughs> and says, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then uh, she ends up just like making a cat sound and like flies through the air she and out a window. shoulder tackles Mitch to the ground. Oh, yes. And then, yes. yeah, flies through a window, uh, more or less. And it is hilarious. I encourage everyone to go watch this or at least just listening to the open theme. Uh, yeah, you guys have got to see the yeah. opening theme. In fact, I think I might have seen just the opening theme online earlier. So I'll try to find that and put it in the chat for the fine nice. folks watching this. So we cut to the bar. Um, Teague says that the SWAT team is after her now because she's dangerous. Mitch says, no, no, she's just confused. Uh, Ryan says she's uh, heading to the ocean because she's a fish woman, whatever. And then the question becomes, uh, can we get there uh, before the SWAT team? And then another great line of dialogue from Mitch. He looks at the camera and says, yes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's not even a yes, we can, or we've got to try, or anything like that. It's just, yes. Like, I think he, nice. was, he was getting paid by the word for this, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know either. I did find the opening credits. I'm putting it in the chat. Nice. Uh, so cut two. the SWAT team closes in. Um, apparently there's these tunnels that run all the way through L.A. Uh, under the city out to the ocean, which I've heard of. I thought maybe it's a... Um, oh, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I could never figure out for sure if it was like a real thing or if it was just made up. But anyway, they definitely take uh, advantage of them because the SWAT team and then uh, Mitch and Griff, they're also closing in. And man, they wander around these tunnels for what yeah. feels like 15 minutes. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't 15 minutes. No, it, dude. I mean, this was almost like, like I think like 12, 13 minutes or so of them wandering around the tunnels. And there's really not anything that happens here to move the plot forward. Right, you know? right. They're, we're just waiting for them to find Silver Eyes, basically. Right. Um, and so we're back in the lab again. And Ryan says that Silver Eyes can regenerate. And uh, then one of the SWAT guys finally founds or actually what she says, she doesn't say that she can regenerate. She says, uh, Ryan says, because this is the thing I I wanted to mention from earlier. Mm -hmm. She goes very awkwardly written. She says, oh, I just thought of something. If, you know, she's like uh, an amphibian and she's like turning into more and more into one. She might be able to um, self-replicate. Oh, that's what it is. Um, And uh, so you would assume that means that there's going to be more than one of her mm -hmm. in the next scene or two, but it never happens. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, what was the point of that? More filler? (laughs) Steve, it's like like what we've talked about before, like how if in Act 1 you show a gun, Mm. well, you got to Set up some payoffs. Set up some payoffs. Right. And it's so weird. Like, why would they mention something so oddly specific and fantastical (laughs) i mean you can put anything in there ryan calls up mitch and he's like like mitch 
she can turn into a unicorn, Mitch. He's like, <laughs> no. And then it never happens. Like, right, right. So finally, after what seems like forever, a SWAT guy finds Silver Eyes. And of course, she immediately kills him. Um, and uh, then another SWAT guy gets beaten down. Um, then the SWAT guys all fire their guns and they grunt. And Mitch and Griff are still looking around, playing grab ass, <laughs> like not finding anything. <laughs> um, let's see. They finally find the SWAT guys. Then they yell at them and say, get out, get out. <laughs> and run away. Oh, these are the, yeah, these, the SWAT guys come up. They see Mitch and Griff and they go, because their numbers have already been depleted because of Silver Eyes. And they go, get out, get out. And they just sort of run past them and don't do anything. Um, at this point, uh, Silver Eyes is hurt. Um, there's blood on her mom jeans. And she's just sort of like slowly holding herself up by the wall. And again, it just takes forever as she slowly inches forward. Um, then, And it's funny, while this is happening, like the soundtrack is just pumping so hard because they're like... They're really right. hoping you don't notice that nothing is going on. So they're just playing. Just Literally, it's just a bunch of walking around like these like boring fucking looking tunnels. Yep. Like it's just dark. There's pipes. But uh, yeah. And, and, you know, like whenever these SWAT guys like find Silver Eyes, they just start shooting indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, I mean, like this is a place where like bullets would ricochet very easily. You have a bunch of metal piping or worse. You know, when you have stuff in pipes, generally it's under high pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to like burst anything. So it's uh, just really weird. Well, oh, it only gets weirder. Okay, so the cops swarm the area. Silver Eyes slumps down on the ground. I guess we're supposed to feel bad for her, even though she like killed a bunch of dudes. Uh, now Mitch and Griff are running on the beach, and they run back into the pipes or the caves, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them. She's sitting on the ground looking confused and Mitch shows up and does his trust me routine. He picks mm -hmm. her up. The SWAT guys show up again. Yeah. And she's been shot at this point. I don't know if we mentioned. Oh, that. I mentioned she has, it. Like a, she's got oh, blood on her mom jeans. Yeah. And it's like green. Yeah, uh, yeah. Blood. She's like a, like a fucking Vulcan or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, they tell Mitch to stop and they go, put the woman down, which just sounds funny when you say it out loud. And then once again, uh, a classic retort from one Mitch Buchanan. He goes, no. Uh, <laughs> and um, so she escapes from Mitch's firm yet gentle grasp and attacks the SWAT <laughs> guys off camera. There's a massive explosion and Mitch <laughs> in slow motion. Well, they, start, they, they, they start like, it's so weird because like she like gets off of Mitch right mm -hmm. out of his hands, kind of like, but he acted like he got hurt or something, like in his stomach too when she did it. Right. Uh, and he like falls down to the ground. She starts running after them in slow motion, like you said, very dramatic. They start shooting her and while they're shooting her with, uh, we should mention the guns that the SWAT guys are using, they're machine guns. Oh yeah. Yeah. Top they, of the they, line. They're not, yeah. They're not like using like nine millimeters or Glocks nope. or anything like, dude, they've just been shooting like automatic submachine guns the whole time in these tunnels so anyway so they fire a million shots at her i think you were about to say that mitch in slow motion is like no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. as he like covers himself but then as we see her like as they show the swat guy shooting one of them has like some kind of big gun mm -hmm. that like shoots it's really i could i and it's hard to see it too what what's happening because what they should have done is had the other guy stop shooting 
and then this guy fires his like missile right. rocket right, thing. Right. But instead, he's just one of them. So like, I almost missed it, and I had to go back and rewatch. Well, why it. not just he, a grenade? I mean, that's usually what the go-to for big although, explosions. The, the grenades are for the days. This is Baywatch nights. <laughs> is that? Night. And another funny thing, or it's just sort of a throwaway line, which is like, why was it even there? One of the SWAT guys was like, "Is there methane gas down here? Because if there is, and you that makes you think maybe there's going to be methane gas later." with a big explosion but it's never addressed it's never but there is a big explosion because that guy like right shoots her with that thing but it's never like no one is ever like oh my god there's methane gas down here it's just never they it just explodes because the guy has a big gun that's all not because there was yeah, methane yeah. gas well, I, I think yeah well but the explosion like runs like okay so he shoots her with this big gun thing i don't know if it's supposed to be a rocket or whatever mm-hmm. but uh, there is a big explosion and it like runs through like the hallway and then you get Mitch like r- outrunning the explosion right. uh, as it fills up like 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 the the tunnel or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, yeah then he um, oh we should say that the girl the 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 the, the silver eyes when she leaves Mitch she does look at him and says too late right, so I think right. she thought she was already gonna die or something mm-hmm. um, so yeah Mitch escapes the tunnel he's out on the beach. Uh, and then oddly, I assumed the SWAT guys were going to be dead because of the giant explosion. Oh, this, yeah, this was so funny. Okay. So yeah, um, Mitch comes out of the tunnel and meets Griff and like they're talking and in the background, just the entire SWAT team walks out and (laughs) like the remaining guys would just walk out like nothing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they walked out like during the shoot, like nobody said like, Hey guys, hold on a minute. They just walked out while they were shooting. It's like. I'm, oh, that's my just kept it. Yeah, that's my guess is that they were supposed to be dead. And I don't know, there was a lack of communication somewhere. I mean, that's just my conspiracy theory. But that's what it I felt mean, like it, to me. It's possible because, you know, it could have been something shot out of or, like, you know, TV shows and movies are often shot mm-hmm. in order. Some kind of miscommunication or maybe a change later on. And yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, to put a button on this episode, <laughs> like, I mean, the, this is I don't know. I guess this is supposed to be like a forget it it's chinatown kind of moment griff asks mitch where he's going and he says he's going home and that's it the episode is over yeah like yeah because griff is like what happened to her and he's like she was just scared you know like mm-hmm. uh she was acting on instinct and uh which you know she was you know pretty much like more like an animal at the beginning of the episode sure, and sure as the episode went on she like kind of became more aware of whatever and you know you're supposed to have some sympathy for her, right? Because he's just some experiment, you know. And right, right. She, she didn't know, like, you know. Hey, as long as uh, he, she didn't kill Mitch or Griff, then we're good, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. But, uh, yeah, uh, so Kenny wrote, um, Mitch, an expert of self-edit, and also this sounds like an average Tinder date in, uh, in L.A. No. Uh, but uh, he, he also had something, a little tidbit about one of the actors that I want to get to after we're done recapping. But, yeah, then, like, this is such a weird conversation with Griff and, and, and Mitch. Like Mitch is like all like brokenhearted about this. And then Griff is like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to go home. And like Mitch limps away mm-hmm. after he says, I'm going home. And that's how it ends. Roll to credits. Yeah, it would have been funnier. Uh, well, I guess it, at least in terms of like so bad it's good if he was just like, I'm going to get some sleep. <laughs> like, right? uh, But uh, yeah, there was nothing, uh, you know, no sort of philosophical. Like he could have been like, 
oh, it's it's our fault she was like this. Like, she was the one right. who was attacked. Like, the humans are to blame. Like, nope, they didn't yeah. bother writing any of that stuff. Well, well, actually, he does say that, you know, she was a victim of Dr. Lloyd's experiment. Mm. And then he says they all were, like, everybody that got killed by her. Right. So that's kind of, like, the only thing. But, like, you're right. It, they could have, like, kind of expanded on that. A sure. little bit more and be like, you know, we, you know, this is what happens when you try to play God or, you know. Yeah, like there's something thing. like, it's, it was almost as if, you hell, that they had no theme at all for the episode <laughs> and they were just trying to rip off species. Are you telling me somebody walked into the writer's room and was like, hey, have you guys seen the species movie? <laughs> and like, yeah, and one of the dudes also worked for Sliders and he's like, oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like writing it down. And, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that wraps up the episode. Um, I do want to touch on this tidbit of this factoid sure. that Kenny P. Collins shared in the chat about Donna Dierico. You know Donna Dierico; she plays Donna. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, she traveled to Turkey in 2011 to climb Mount Ararat after training in quotes in search of the biblical Noah's Ark. Oh wow! Hmm. Uh, that he also said spoiler: she didn't find it. Imagine that, and it en- and ended in a fall and returned to the u.s due to injuries in 2012 mm, it just wasn't uh, god's way nah, she should have brought mitch yeah now there you go. now that's something to believe in yeah yeah <laughs> oh, uh, christianity will never be the same again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh that's good here let me run this all right Wow, what what an adventure! What what a what a what a show, Steve. Is it time for us to deliberate on whether or not we what we think? It is, even though I'm sure it's pretty obvious to anyone who's uh, stuck around through this episode what the uh, answer is going to be. Yeah, but I will go ahead and officially ask the question. You know, you got to stick to the rules, you hell. You gotta st- you, you got to stick to the rules. You can't be playing God with the rules. <laughs> so, um, lifeguard Velasquez. Do you think that uh, Baywatch Nights should be remembered for a little while longer or tossed into the uh, black ocean of obscurity to be washed away with the sands of time? (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, keep the show. Uh, I thought it was fun. Uh, I would actually uh, wouldn't mind if we cover another episode uh, in the future because, you know, before we sign off, I'll I'll read off some of the other. Not right now, but I'll read off some of the uh, short descriptions of some of the other episodes and they all sound nuts just nuts <laughs> but what about you steve what's, what's what's your answer to the ultimate question oh man i agree 100 percent. this is the essence of so bad it's good i mean usually this kind of stuff sort of only exists i feel like in the uh, movie world you know you got your rooms yeah. your samurai cops and your miami connections but buried deep underneath the tv shows of the 90s is Baywatch Nights, and I highly recommend anyone who is a fan of a camp, like along the side of those uh, movies that I just mentioned, to watch at least one episode. Yeah, I, I plan to watch the whole series at some point. And, uh, yeah, same. And I hope that it gets brought back. So, I'm sure it never will. I, and even if they did bring it back, they could never capture this kind of magic again. Like, it was just, I don't know, the perfect mix of, like, 
cocaine and lack of writing and planning. (laughs) I will say I thought some of the directing choices in the beginning, especially were pretty good at like kind of like having some creepy lighting, some creepy camera angles. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I thought there were some pretty nice choices made there. But anyway, Steve, I, I almost forgot there's a bumper that needs to be run. There you go. Hey, Watch Nights has earned this. In accordance to obscurity now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. Wow. Two yeah. remembers in a row. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, I, Kenny again wrote, uh, thanks for being so active in the chat today. Uh, he wrote, Mitch is a legend, <laughs> Navy SEAL, investigator, paranormal expert, and sea god. <laughs> it's true. He should <laughs> yeah, have been Aquaman. Much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that would have been fantastic mm-hmm, casting. But mm-hmm. uh, like I said, Steve, I did want to touch on a few of these episode uh, titles. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, or, or short descriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so... Uh, an alien, this one's called Space Spore. An alien virus strikes a farm, trapping Mitch and Ryan in the area. Night Whispers, Mitch and Ryan have a run-in with an evil vampire. Um, <laughs> Circle of Fear, Ryan is, star- is targeted by dark spirits. Uh, there's one that I can't find now, but basically, I can't find the name of it now. Oh, wait, here it is. The Eighth Seal, after saving a young girl from killing herself, Mitch soon learns that there's more to her story than meets the eye. <gasps> and becomes involved with the plans of a sea demon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, 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 got, I, got, I got one more. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Hot Winds. This one's called Hot Winds. Already a great title. Mm-hmm. Mitch, Ryan, and Teague try to find the source of an insanity-inducing wind. <laughs> a wind? How did you find a wind? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how does it induce insanity? <laughs> that is awesome. And, there's one, I, another one I can't find now, but I remember one of them is like Mitch gets um, uh, possessed by uh, the ghost of a serial killer mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Th- he got to just... show off his acting chops for that one. Oh, I'm sure his his, his range. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and, you know, a lot of these, like, episodes, even from season one, like, are kind of, like, crazy, like I alluded to earlier with with the one where he's, like, in drag. So, yeah, it seems like the whole series, definitely season two, but even season one, it seems like there's just um, a lot of wacky camp. Yeah, and that's what we're all about here on Obscurity Now. Yeah. Um, um, any... Oh, wait, they're, they're, I'm sorry, Steve. I know I keep, I know I've talked a lot more this episode than usual, oh, but uh, fine, I've got uh, I've got one from season one that I did want to mention okay. called The Curator, mm-hmm. because the name of one of the characters is hilarious. A deranged man named Garth Youngblood <laughs> takes a fancy right. to Baywatch lifeguard Carolyn Holden, who is from the Baywatch show, and makes many advances towards her. The- Carolyn resists. Garth captures her and locks her in a cage furnished like her apartment. <laughs> wow, wow. Does he look like Rob Liefeld by any chance? I, I think it might be Rob Liefeld. Uh, I, I'm sure he's wearing uh, 501 jeans the whole time. Uh, that's, that's a deep cut. That's Ooh, a deep cut. I wonder who's going to get it. Uh, as long as I got yeah. it, that's all that matters. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, well, that's it for the show for the most part. Um, what's going on in the wrestling with gaming shared universe? Uh, still working on uh, my... Uh, 
couple videos I've been working on, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, further along in editing them, editing them once uh, we meet next week. Nice. How about you, man? Oh, I saw your trailer uh, was publicly released for uh, Escape uh, to Earth, your your comic. Yes, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. And in addition to that, the pre-launch uh, Kickstarter page is available for people to check out and go uh, put their email in in case you want to follow the campaign. And uh, what is the campaign about, you may ask? All right, I'm going to run the cinematic trailer, and I'm pretty sure it's going to work this time. All right, okay. here we go. <laughs> I'm having a weird, weird day. The name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Thief, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man. I thought you were going to die. Come on, Lewis. Cut me loose. Behind you. Whoa. Thought I was done for. It was going to be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then she showed up, riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Thirty pages of insane dinosaur action that will leave you hungry for more. Issue one, crowdfunding now. Written and created by Stephen Honeycutt. Arts by Antonio Brandao. Colors by Bruno Ferlani. Jump on now before the whole human race is extinct. Download the digital preview today. Yes, so there will be a link in the show notes if you would like to check out uh, the campaign. Uh, throw that email in there. Every email helps. Uh, Kenny says that he's loving the heavy metal feel of the trailer. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think it's a really cool trailer, man. And uh, I will say uh, I've read the um, uh, uh, the preview mm -hmm. that you had, the mm -hmm. uh, Ashcan, um, which I don't know if you're still selling, sending those out, but... Uh, the yeah it's really good it's really professionally done i was you know like i told you i wasn't just saying this because i'm your friend like it's really really good uh so yeah Th looking forward to the to the whole thing thanks man out. and yes uh the digital preview is still available just drop a comment and i'll uh, with your email and i'll send it your way uh or the email is also in the show notes in case you don't want a bunch of weirdos seeing your email it's all the information in the show notes uh but Oh, and lastly, I resurrected my old uh, podcast once again, uh, Theme Park Legends. I uh, got an interview with a guy who worked at Universal Studios Hollywood in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter as a cook and as a scare actor. So if you're a theme park geek, 
Uh, please uh, check it out. It's called Theme Park Legends. Again, there'll be a link down below. And I think uh, that's everything over here. Uh, anything yeah. else before we sign off? Lifeguard no, no, Velasquez? Forward... <laughs> no, no. I, I look forward to us covering... Uh, I, I, we should just turn this into a Baywatch Nights podcast. And just cover <laughs> We'd only have Baywatch 12 Nights. episodes, I think. Or... Yeah, there's like 45 total episodes between the two seasons, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, and lastly, we've already got our topic for next week. Uh, we're going to be sticking with the beach theme. We're going to be covering the Baywatch parody show known as Son of the Beach. Uh, which is a really funny show that probably no one's talked about in 20 years. Uh, so I'm expecting <laughs> big numbers, baby. Big numbers. Yeah. Historic Nerd asked uh, about Theme Park Legends. He said, Thunder in Paradise at MGM when? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I, I, I've i been out of the theme park world for a while, but I'll talk to my sources. Uh, I've got my, yeah. I'll get my friend Mitch on the case. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we were talking off, off uh, before the show started about Maybe maybe doing a little uh, more Thunder in Paradise uh, action uh, on the show in the future, but uh, we'll see. Oh, and that reminds me, I meant to bring this up earlier. Did you ever go to SeaWorld in the 90s and check out the Baywatch ski show that they had? No, I don't think I saw it. Oh, it was good. It was it was good. And that's all I have to say about it. I'm, I'm sure Mitch was in it himself. David Hasselhoff himself <laughs> he was He played in it. all the parts. It was amazing. The skier <laughs> and the boat driver somehow. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, for those of you who joined the live chat, uh, thanks so much for sticking around and yucking it up with us. And uh, I mean, and anyone who downloaded and listened, uh, thanks for sticking around. And we'll see you. Uh, next week as we continue to discuss even more obscure media on obscurity now see ya you've been enjoying obscurity now a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to twitch and youtube subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts and take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity, Obscurity Now. now.